for listening to the Red Letter Business Podcast presented by Christian Businessmen's Connection, Oklahoma. Each episode, we're talking with ordinary businessmen who have impacted the lives of others as they live out their faith at work. That's the mission of CBMC, helping men know God, discover His purpose in their work, and make a significant impact in the lives of others. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to the Red Letter Business Podcast. My name is Tyler DuBose, and uh, here with me as always is Adrian Saavedra. Adrian, as we record this podcast today, is September 30th, and it just happens to be International Podcast Day. Can you believe it? What are the odds? Yeah, so uh, that's, you know, people are making up all kinds of holidays this year. There's National Daughter's Day and Son's Day and all these, and so I'm, I'm glad there's one that honors yeah. the power of a podcast and you and I have uh, shared this many times that we've had conversations with people who happened upon our podcast and it led to relationship and led to an opportunity to encourage and and minister to others so yeah I'm I'm excited thanks for listening to this one and I hope hope you um, discover some other podcasts that you really enjoy as well yeah tell us about who we got uh, here in the hot seat today so Today we've got, I'm really excited about this episode, we've got a good friend of mine, Robert Greenlaw. Robert and I go to church together, um, which is really exciting, but we've asked him here uh, for this particular episode, which um, Tyler, you first kind of brought to my attention. You came across a book called Leading from the Second Chair, and it's this idea that not everybody's going to be the boss or the CEO or the owner of the company of their own company, but that doesn't mean we can't have influence and lead and and um, have a great ministry and a great platform uh, from wherever God would have us spend our time working. And so the very first person that came to our mind was, was my friend Robert Greenlaw here. Robert, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit uh, about what you do at Camray and what your kind of role is, but but also just tell us about your family and Anything that you want to share about us? Thanks for coming today, Robert. Sure. Well, my pleasure. Thank you, Adrian, and thank you, Tyler, uh, for the chance to visit. Looking forward to the conversation. Uh, so I have been living here in Oklahoma City for about 25 years. Uh, my wife and I have been married for 16, and we have three children, a 12- and 10-year-old boys, and then a 6-year-old daughter, and uh, that's our little uh, family. I work at a company called Kim Ray. Kim Ray is a manufacturing company here in the city. Uh, that's about 72 years old, and Kimray has right now about a little more than 600 people working as part of our team, and we manufacture valves and other devices that control the flow of oil and gas uh, to keep it safe and efficient out there in the oil field. So that's that's our niche. Yeah. (laughs) And let's see, I actually, I've been in this role at Kimray as the executive administrator for about seven years, but I've been part of Kimray actually for about 25 years. Right. When I first came to Oklahoma City, after growing up in Houston, I came up for a short-term project. It's going to be about 10 weeks uh, developing a school program called Character First. Mm -hmm. And we were actually taking something that Kim Ray started 30 years ago, uh, Character First training in their workplace to develop a a character-based culture. Right. And Tom Hill at the time was asked if he could create a kid's version. And so uh, I came up with a team to, to help do that. It's going to be 10 weeks, and that turned into 18 years. <laughs> uh, working with Character First and working with Tom and, and Kim Ray from an arm's length, but uh, knew a lot of folks and then uh, had the opportunity to come over to this role and work for Tom Hill. And then uh, later his son took over as CEO, and Thomas Hill is our CEO now. And 
Tom is our board chairman, and that's the group that I serve as their assistant. And I just enjoy it tremendously. Well, that's, that's amazing. So lesson already is, uh, you know, character first. Uh, thinking that's going to be a 10-week a uh, project really turns into a, a lifetime investment, right? Because it's that yeah. important, I would say. And so <laughs> I have a similar story. You know, my, my wife and I are both from Texas, and we moved up here uh, right when we were getting married. And we thought, okay, well, we'll be there, I don't know, a year, maybe two. Um, once you find community, it's been a whole decade. So, uh, word to the wise, if, if you come to Oklahoma City, there's there's something in the water that keeps you around, and uh, it's a great place, but we're, we're still, you know, we're really happy to be here. Well, we have definitely enjoyed it as well, and I think the, the, the bigger point to all that is, as in Proverbs 16, the heart of man plans his way, and it's good to have mm-hmm. a plan. Yeah. In our yeah. businesses, in our lives, in our families, let's have a plan. That's good. But the heart of man plans the way, but... The Lord directs his steps. And that's the part of being a vessel for the Lord. And if the Lord is really the Lord of your life, yes, we have a plan, but we hold that loosely and we hold it with an open hand and allow him to to move us and shape us and and to be excited about what God might have for us. Mm -hmm. We write those in pencil. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I've learned learned that uh, many times. So that's a a really good word. So one of the, the reasons we wanted to have you on this podcast is just kind of talk about, um, you know, being the executive assistant is your, is your, is your official title, but you're a man of many hats and, um, you have influenced both, uh, throughout the company as, and from a culture standpoint, but also, um, I know that, uh, Thomas and, and, um, the exec team also lean on you as well. So you have influence that goes both directions up and down. So just talk a little bit about your time there in, in seven years, maybe even before that, or whatever experience you'd like to share with us today. But what does it mean to, uh, what has been your experience to not be the boss, not be the CEO, but somebody that still has influence, somebody that still adds value throughout the organization? How have you seen um, the Lord work through that in your, your time at Kenray or, or Character First? Sure, great question. So when you uh, first mentioned the title, Leading from the Second Chair, I couldn't help but remember I uh, used to play trumpet in a couple different orchestras, and I was never first chair. I was always second or third or fourth or somewhere in line. But, you know, if you listen to an orchestra, you need all of those chairs to be filled. And someone might be in the first one, someone might be in the second one, and so forth. But uh, all of them have a part to play. That's right. And it's not, I think one of the things we get messed up in our modern culture, and this is not a new problem by any means, but we tend to get a lot of our identity out of what our position is, right. and that's, that can be a really dangerous thing, uh, whether you think too highly of yourself or think too lowly of yourself because of my particular position or role. It is much more telling about a person's identity in the way they carry out their role. Right. Um, so first of all, my identity as a, as a, a child of, 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 of God is, is first and foremost, but, but then just secondly, knowing that whatever my role is uh, today or next week, it's, as I carry that out with diligence and with excellence and putting my whole heart, as, uh, as we're told in the New Testament, that whatever you do, mm-hmm. you know, to, to do all to the glory of God and to work as unto the Lord and not unto men. And if we have that kind of perspective then exactly which chair I might be sitting in is really less important. So that's kind of a first thought I have. 
But to answer your question directly, um, you know, you ask about how we have influence, and and I really think that you know the idea of leadership is leadership is influence. Mr. Maxwell, John Maxwell would say, and yeah. it's nothing more and nothing less. And so we all have enormous amounts of influence, regardless of what our actual title or role might be. The roles that we have, you know, there are certain decisions I can make, but then there are decisions I can't make. That's right. the CEO's decisions. Mm-hmm. And then he has decisions he can make, but then there are decisions he can't make. That's the board's. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain decisions they can't make. That's the shareholder. So we all have these different roles and responsibilities, and it's, uh, uh, it's not an issue of your value as a person, even your identity. It's just the role that we play, at least at this, this time. So uh, how I do that at Kimray, I, boy, I just, if I can see the group I serve, which is mainly our CEO and the board of directors, if, if, if they are succeeding, if things are going smoothly, if they're being able to accomplish their goals, then that's success for me. Because right. my, my job, as my predecessor told me once, is to be oil between the gears without becoming a gear. <laughs> that's and right. so that's, really that's, uh, that's what I, I took that to heart. And that's what I tried to do is just try and smooth the way and, and make things possible. And I want everyone at Kimrate to succeed. And so that's how I can serve the company. And I find a lot of pleasure out of that. that that's amazing. And, and um, so one of the things I heard you say initially right out of the gate was leadership is not a position, right? It's, um, it's, and so many people view it that way. Well, if I get this title, well, then I can be a leader. If I get that corner office, then I can have influence. No, everybody has influence. Um, and there's lots of different ways we can influence people. We can influence people in a bad way. Yeah. Or we can influence them towards a better way. And that's the idea of this whole podcast, that doing business God's way with the things that he values and, and honors and wants, wants to see in us ultimately in the long run is a better way of doing business. And so uh, you can do that from any position in the company, working unto the Lord, not unto the man. If, you're, if you are fresh out of college and you are pushing papers and you know just putting, doing, dealing with spreadsheets all day, you can do that to the very best of your abilities with a cheerful attitude and uh, understanding that what you're doing is helping somebody else's job to do their job better and that makes the entire company succeed, and and that is a good and honorable, and satisfying and purposeful endeavor. And so um, I love that you, you you pointed that out right out of the way that that leadership is not position. It's not about title, it's not about stature, uh, but it is about influence. So um, that's that's really good. So the next question I, I guess that I would have for you is. Um, and you've kind of answered that already. Um, doing your job well, you you assess you assess your influence based upon whether the people who you know over you in, in authority are succeeding and 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 have and you know seeing the success that they want to see. Right? It's yeah. they have, they set the vision, they set the tone for the company, and if you can make their job easier and make, pave the way. Be the oil and the gear, gear, if you will. That's how you assess um, your success. Now, how have you seen that that work out in, in practical terms? You know. Yeah, great question. Um, so yeah, I think the 
success is carrying out my function, right. and we all have certain functions. And my function is to serve and, and take care of the administrative uh, duties that support a certain group of people. And that just happens to be our CEO, the board of directors, and our shareholders. So, uh, so yeah, if I can take care of those administrative functions, then things will go easily. So, for example, if my CEO's calendar is, is managed okay and he has enough time and space to do what he needs to do, then, then that's good. That's good for him. It's good for everybody. And so I can kind of run interference when needed and, and, and just make sure that he has the time and the capacity to, to do the work he needs to do. Uh, same thing with the board of directors. We had a board meeting yesterday, and um, my, my job was to help prepare the agenda and make sure we had all the materials there and, and make sure there was snacks and the temperature was <laughs> Whoa, right and gotta have those. You know, all those important <laughs> things. But, you know, that's that's just all part of kind of greasing the skid or, or clearing the way uh, for for the people to do the work that they need to do. And it's a team effort. I, I uh, enjoy that very much. And at the same time, I have to acknowledge the fact that regardless of what your role is, whether it's in this kind of a support role, and there's an enormous value there, it's also, and this is true of any job I have ever had, right. that every job provides learning opportunities. Mm -hmm. And you never know how those learning opportunities are going to help you in something down the road. And looking back on my life, uh, in the 25 years I've been working uh, in, the, in the careers is, is full of examples of how you know, one experience led to another. And so even menial jobs that I've had in the past served a purpose when, you're, when your eyes and your, your mind and attitude uh, are ready for that. I love that so much. And Tyler, I, I think you can you kind of speak mm -hmm. into this as well. You know, uh, if we were to describe our role as a team, I, I view... Uh, CBMC Oklahoma very much as a team, but we've got Harold, that's kind of our senior area director. He's, he's been here the longest, and then uh, Brent, um, and then myself, and I've only been here a little bit more than a year, but Tyler's role is that of ministry coordinator. And I can speak firsthand to the value of having somebody uh, do the things that, are, that I'm really just not all that gifted at, if, you know, Tyler just organized uh, our couple's night out, and it was a huge success. And if that were left up to me, it would have been a huge failure. <laughs> and so, uh, but a lot of the things of, of being the oil in the gears. So, Tyler, you speak into that a little bit because that's that's a little bit of your job description, wouldn't you agree? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, I'm at a, a tell us, I went after Robert, and I just feel like he described it so well I don't really know what else to add to be honest with you I think that's a real I love that analogy I wrote it down on my notes uh, you become the oil between the gears without becoming a gear and being okay with that um, I think that's you know and I'll be honest it's sometimes that's a struggle sometimes yeah. that's hard um, sometimes I want to be a gear yeah um, but you know I think what you, you you mentioned you know that we all have a function we all have a role um, and when you can have that bigger picture in mind as a team, uh, that's when not only will, will you thrive, but your, your team will thrive. And um, so I just think that's really important. But um, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but for me, honestly, that sometimes that's hard. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it is difficult. So, so uh, something to, to point out is how, you know, that may be true about my function at Kimray. Sure. But that's not necessarily true of all my functions. Sure. Mm. So I get the privilege of serving on a board uh, for a nonprofit in town. Right. And I chair that 
board of directors. I also chair the, the association for our, our homeowners association right now. And I get to serve on another board of another nonprofit. And I will just tell you that having the chance to be in a board meeting at Kimray has taught me volumes of, right. of how, to, how that could function. So while I may be in a support role there, I'm learning things that help me in a more of a direct leadership role elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, that's the kind of perspective that's helped me to, to find the value in whatever it is that I get to do um, in a variety of different uh, places. Yeah, I think that's really good. It's, I think as men, we tend to, you know, we have these little compartments, yeah. uh, but it's hard to, you know, it's hard to see where they, you know, things can overlap. And, and that's great. And that's probably how it should be. I, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Living in uh, our, our life should be integrated for sure. Well, one thing I want to say, Robert, is, man, just bless your soul that you serve as the chairman of your homeowners association. <laughs> I, I, I spent about five minutes on the next door app and uh, read about all the griping people who leave their trash cans out to know that that's something I never want in my life. So it takes, takes a special kind of person to to organize a neighborhood, so good for you. But um, uh, that's that's amazing, and that's a really good word that, you know, we have a role here, but God may open a, a door to to lead in another way somewhere else, and Tyler, that's true for you. you you're you involved in coaching uh, coaching up some youth volunteers at mm-hmm. your church, and uh, there's all kinds of different influence that God allows us to have from time to time. Uh, it's not always you know, uh, leading 100% of the time. Sometimes we need to be in that second chair, and that's good for us as well. Something else that you said, Robert, that I really loved, and that's been true for me as well. My background is in coaching, and and when I was um, a young coach, uh, a mentor of mine who spent 28 years professionally and um, as a, not only as a player, but also as a professional baseball coach, Said, said to me the same thing. You can learn something from everybody that you work with. It's not always a, a, a positive. A positive. You right. can learn about <laughs> ways that, hey, you know, if I ever have the opportunity to run my own team, I'm not going to do it that way. Correct. But those lessons are just as valuable. Uh, and so every experience that we have um, can be a learning experience if you look at it that way uh, to shape you and help you and prepare you for when God might have you Share a board for a nonprofit or, or what have you. And I know you guys have been talking about the book of James a lot lately. Yeah. And you know, I think that if we go into situations and say, you know, and, and James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God and he can give it to you liberally. Mm-hmm. But I think that another version of that same concept is saying, Lord, help me to learn what I'm supposed to learn out of this crummy situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or good. help me to learn what I'm supposed to learn out of this wonderful situation. That's right. Uh, because we have both of those in our lives. And uh, to your point, we can still learn if, I, and I just think asking God to help us can, that certainly helps me to have the right frame of mind when I'm dealing with a particularly difficult situation. Lord, please help me uh, learn what I'm supposed to in this. Yeah, I, I, um, I say it a different way to God. In my dumbed down language, it's God, I'm, I'm not smart enough to figure this out. You're going to have to help me with this. So help me to pay attention to how you're moving. <laughs> Amen. But it's same same thought. I love that. So let me let me shift gears just a little bit because you alluded to this earlier, but we're all under authority in some way, you know, whether the CEO answers to the board, the board answers to the shareholders, or you answer the CEO or somebody answers to you. 
Um, we all live under various authority structures. And so oftentimes those relationships with whoever's ahead of you, whether you're direct supervisor or whether you're right directly under the CEO, sometimes those can be tense. So relationship um, is important. So what causes, what causes or what are some of the things that you've noticed in your experience that can result in a good working relationship between your supervisor or who, whoever's over you, the CEO or whatever, and the re reverse of that, what are some things that can really cause that to not be a good working relationship? That's a that's a great question because uh, we all you know <laughs> we at the same time are working you know, we're leading up we're leading down we're leading out right. it, however you'd like to to picture that so yeah um, I think that something that really helps me uh, know how to serve my CEO is being real having a really good clear understanding of what that CEO's vision is and values what's what's what are they really trying to accomplish. What are the really important factors? And the more I, the deeper and richer that I grasp that, then I can help execute on that because I'll encounter situations or maybe it's an opportunity that I quickly see, oh wait, this would be, this matches perfectly with where we're trying to go. We should, right. we should do this. Mm -hmm. And then I'll also stumble across things that don't align with it. It's like, you know, it, it was. This has never been stated very explicitly, but I just know that this is not the direction that our CEO or the board or whoever it is I'm serving are, are looking for. And so, the the more I understand that that vision, that direction, and those values, then honestly, just the better I can I can serve them, I can support them, and I can function. So, if I'm unclear about that then it's kind of on me to take initiative to, mm. to, to go to the, my supervisor and say, could you, I'm a little, I'm a little unclear about a few things. Could you help me understand? Um, I'd like to, I like to just know where you're coming from about this. Could you help me understand a little bit more about that? And then if, if, if I'm the supervisor, then, then it's on me to try and make that really clear to my people and say, you know, here's where I'm going. Here's the direction. Does this make sense? What do you think? Have that conversation so that we're in alignment mm. and can move in the right direction. And that that really speeds things up because now we don't have to have a hundred different conversations about little minutia out there, right? Because we've, we're clear about the the vision or the direction that we're going. Yeah, yeah. We we've um, we've had a lot ongoing discussions just within our our own ministry and. Uh, you know, as we lead out on several different teams throughout the city, and our, our heart is that God would do just a, a huge movement within the marketplace. Um, and so as, as we have Connect3 teams and young professional groups and trusted advisor forums that are meeting all over the city, one thing that has become real clear to us is that um, we need to have a shared vision, you know, that uh, these groups offer operate independently of each other, but it, they should have the same DNA, the same vision. And I've noticed, and so Robert, I will ask you this question as well, that we are always having to restate the vision and, and recast the vision. It's not a one-time conversation. It's something that has to be worked in uh, often um, until it becomes, as you said, just a natural understanding and part of the culture. Culture doesn't happen 
having one conversation. It is something you really got to work for and build and be intentional about. I completely agree with that. And I can, I can point to Kim Ray as a terrific example. Uh, about five years ago, the executives worked together to create a long-term vision of where the company would be going. Right. And uh, it, that was in 2015. So they picked a 15-year vision and said, okay, we're going to call this Vision 2030. So that's what uh, we, we outlined. And it really is. It's actually a story of what we hope Kim Ray looks like, mm-hmm. as if you were transported mm-hmm. to the year 2030 and walk around Kim Ray. And what do you see? And what do you feel? And what do you experience? And when we launched that vision, it was, it was phenomenal how unifying it, the unifying effect and power it had on our team. And at that time, we probably had 800 people. And, yeah. and to be able to, to rally around and be clear about the direction we're going. And then what's great about that is now that we know the long-term picture, now from year to year, we can craft the strategy, kind of the nuts mm-hmm. and bolts and the little details and the budgets and the, the, the projects that are going to get us down the field or down the road right. toward that vision. But what I've learned is that, you know, launching that in the year 2015 was not the end. (laughs) Right. Uh, But it takes continual reference and review and reminder. In fact, our CEO challenged the executive team a few months ago to to read our little vision booklet uh, once a week for a period of time Mm -hmm. to rekindle and reflame and refresh in our minds where we're going. Right. And it's actually been delightful almost every week to, to just, it's not very long, so it's not very difficult to do. And, and it's a great story. And it, it reminding ourselves of where we're going is extremely important. And about the time that you think you've communicated it to everybody, it's time to do it again. You got new hires. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> got some turnover and some yeah. new hires. Well, that's good. And that's, that's very similar also to what we ought to be doing with the gospel, right? <laughs> the gospel is not something that you learn one time. It's something that only ever more becomes deeply ingrained within you and more important as you live uh, to remind us where we've been and also to remind us oh, where, where God's taken us and where he could potentially take us in the future and how he could use us in the future. You know, if I, if I played a song for you one time, there's a very small chance that you actually would remember the lyrics. Right. But when you hear a song over and over, you're driving in your car and you hear it, and you're listening to something and you hear it, you know, if you hear it repeatedly, you start to absorb that, that song and those lyrics. And that's why the power of review is so important, not just in the workplace for your vision, but like you said, the truths of the gospel and the scripture, just to continually remind ourselves and review and reflect and to have that continual... Uh, nourishment, just like I had breakfast this morning and, yeah. and yesterday and the day before that, if you can imagine. And so when we uh, have that continual nourishment of the scriptures, that also helps mm-hmm. to feed our, our souls. Absolutely. Well, I've got a couple more questions. It may, may take us a, a while to dialogue through this, but I'm curious about this as well. So I'd like for you to kind of reflect back on maybe a stressful or, or challenging time because culture helps us and uh, helps us get through the stressful times as well. We always revert back to um, the culture that's been ingrained to us or our training or whatever. But reflect back on a challenging or stressful time in your career. Can you see how, how God had, has used those times to equip you now 
for, for what you're doing now or how he grew you um, through that time. So is there anything that comes to mind in that? Yeah, I think that when I experience uh, stressful moments in my, sure. in my career and my work and the work that I've done through, through the years beyond just, just Kim Ray, honestly, the biggest struggle for me is this. It is discerning the difference between, you know, is this an obstacle that I need to just push through and overcome? Or is this an obstacle that perhaps God's using to help redirect me? Mm. Yeah, that's good. that is my biggest challenge. And so, what do I do? Well, <laughs> I seek, I, I pray, I get counsel um, from. Uh, we have my wife and I have a handful of people in our lives that we go to when we're making a big decision to say, "Hey, can we just get your input, your feedback on something, and kind of lay it out to them?" And that can be personal, that can be professional. And uh, so I, you know, get good counsel and pray and then just try to just sense and, and listen and be attentive to what the Lord is, mm. is leading. That's probably the, the thing I'm, I've been learning and continue to learn and struggle with yeah. right there is just discerning. Is this obstacle something I need to push through or is this obstacle something that's trying to redirect me? Wow. Yeah, that's really good. And that strikes home for me just with just... Lots of different things, and I share that same that same struggle. Like, you know, I need to build perseverance. I need to build perseverance, but maybe it's maybe it's not. Maybe I need to go the other way, and that's it's difficult. Kind of, you know, it's a difficult fork in the road, kind of, sort of speak. Like, what do I do? It's hard. Now, I will tell you one uh, uh, technique or yeah. strategy that has been useful uh, that my wife and I employ is to literally. I mean, we all learned this and to do this in school. But we literally take out a sheet of paper mm -hmm. and a pen. And we have, let's say we have two different options. We'll write all the pros and we'll list all the pros and all the cons of option one right. on a sheet of paper. Then all the pros and the cons of option two on the other sheet of paper. And we try to get it to be as detailed and thorough as we can. And you know, that right there yeah. can be very informative because sure. until we do that, we're trying to make kind of this intuitive decision. And that can get really... Uh, sideways sure when we write it down and we have that honest and thorough conversation sometimes that can be really helpful yeah that's something that we encourage our young professional programs we we use an exercise called a franklin chart mm -hmm. which is very similar to what you're describing all the pros and the cons of doing something but also all the pros and cons of not doing it and then kind of grading it out to see you know where it comes out on a number scale and it does sometimes provide some clarity through some something that doesn't always appear to be, you know, black and white. So I, I appreciate that very much that you would share that. Maybe we would we would include that in the show notes, uh, Tyler. Just the idea of how to use a, a Franklin chart and maybe absolutely put a yeah. PDF on there if we can. So this is uh, this is kind of the last question that I think I, I want to bring this up because I see a lot of young people who are trying to find their way in the workplace um, struggle with this. And <laughs> I'm going to make light of it at first, but it's, a, it's an honest question. So uh, as a college baseball coach, I would have players that would graduate, start a, start a job, and then a year or two later they'd come back with me, come back to me and say, hey, how you doing? And they were shocked that they weren't the, the boss of the company yet, and so they were going to go look for another job, and they're bouncing from job to job. It's very rare these days that somebody spends 40 years with the same company like they used to. You know, they used back in the day, you you start working 
and you'd be loyal to the company and you'd stay stay and work your way up and then you'd retire. But um, I think young people struggle with this a little bit more, trying to figure out what it, to balance between ambition and contentment, right? And, and am, ambitions are not bad. Um, contentment, certainly God has a lot to say about uh, as being a good thing. But how do you communicate, I guess, with your direct supervisor, with, with the CEO, a good understanding of your dreams and what you would like to do in your career um, and, you know, also being perfectly content with where God has you right now? Is that something that's a struggle for you or is that something that you found easy to, to talk to your supervisor about or how, how would you go about that? Yeah, I don't think I would call it easy, yeah. but it's something we certainly uh, have learned to, to do. And, and I'll say a couple things about it. First of all, my favorite definition of contentment is enjoying life as it comes. Yes. And just, you know, <laughs> as it comes. You Solomon can't, has a lot to say about that, Ecclesiastes. <laughs> so much that you can't change, yeah. but that you can still find joy in that, in that season of life. Um, that was particularly important when I had, you know, children in diapers and diapers and that season is like, you know, what? I just need to enjoy this as it comes because it won't last forever. And I need to enjoy the next stage. It sure feels, I'm right there. It sure feels like it those, does. those diapers just keep coming. Man. It does. <laughs> the one day when they're out of the house and you'll wish they came and visit you. Right, so right, that's right. just enjoy life as it comes. So to your question about ambition and contentment, I think that's a great, um, a great thing to, to think about because, yeah, there's, these are not mutually exclusive concepts. Right. I can be very content and yet still have a vision or a dream or an aspiration. Right. We say ambition, maybe another word that's maybe a little le less misconstrued in the advice by some would be aspirations. Of yeah, dreams. Dreams yeah. I may want to do. But, but, but all that to say, uh, in practice, at Kimray at least, we have an annual performance review cycle where it's it's helpful to make sure that all the supervisors are having conversations with all the people that they serve wow. about this. You know, they can talk about the year behind, but then they can talk about the year ahead. What are some goals that you have? What are some things that you'd like to learn? What is what do you see? You know, in down the road, is are you do you try and is there something else at Kimray that you'd be interested in doing? Is there something outside of Kimray that you'd be interested in doing that we can help you prepare for? Mm. And we actually look at ourselves as a sending organization in that sense. Um, well, and people who are growing and learning to maybe go off and do something else, that's okay. Because someone who's learning and growing is putting in their very best effort where they are right now. And right. We get, you know, the company gets great value out of that. And we can make a difference in their lives. And it's a win-win. So, uh, so that's helpful. But periodically, I don't have to wait you know, until March of next year to have that kind of conversation. So a couple months ago, I, I brought a few things up to my uh, my supervisor, our CEO, to talk about things that I'd like to do. Sure. Um, I had an idea for a training program uh, that I thought would be helpful at Kimray. So we talked about that and how that might take place and take shape. Um, and then from time to time, I'll talk about some of the duties and roles that I have and uh, perhaps there's some way to shift those. Maybe I could move move somewhere else so that it free me up to do something new and different. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, it's 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 helpful to have that as a more more of an ongoing dialogue. It's not something we talk about every every from week to week. Mm -hmm. But I don't have to wait until 
once a year to have a big talk, right? Uh, which just adds pressure to it. If if we have more periodic conversations about th- how things are going, and then kind of cousin to that is, and this is almost a week to week. I'll I will ask my supervisor because I'm in a supportive role. You know, what are some things that you've you're you're dealing with that I can help you with, mm-hmm. and and I want to make sure that I'm in tune with what my supervisor is dealing with so that I can be of a, a helpful support. Well, I just I love that, and so if you're if you're an owner of a business or in a position to influence the culture of your company, I hope you you listen to that. And because I would imagine, I've never worked at Kenray, Robert, but um, I would imagine if you have a culture such that you can have those conversations openly, honestly, uh, really be interested in the person, right? We, mm-hmm. we, we talk a lot of, in our leadership coach training that you can either use uh, people for tasks, that's what a lot of companies will say, we're, we're, we've got this task we have to do, we gotta get some people, or you can use those tasks to develop people. And we're in the people developing business, right? And so um, to have those um, conversations openly and honestly, we can share your aspirations, things you'd like to do, I'm imagining that probably helps with the contentment of where you're at. You know, to be able to say, well, I've got the, I've got a, idea of where I'm going or where I'm going to go and I can either do that here and develop or you know this this company is going to send me with their blessing and 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 prepare me for that jump so uh, I would imagine that helps with morale loyalty uh, lower turnover uh, in the long run anyways so that's a really really good perspective so if you're if you're an owner of a business I would love uh, take notes on that and, and maybe think of ways you can incorporate that into your own business so last thing, Robert, really appreciate your time here today and uh, your perspective. This has been a really great conversation, but we ask everybody who's sitting in your chair this very same question because our heart is to come alongside business and professional men and help them to live out the Great Commission, to, to make disciples who are going to make disciples and go on and reproduce uh, spiritually. And so... Many people don't have a vision for how this looks like in the workplace, so I would just love for you to talk about, you know, what role has discipleship played in your personal faith journey? You and I go to church together, um, and I know uh, your faith is central to who you are, but just just talk just for a minute about um, opportunities that you've had to, people poured into you, and the opportunities that God has given you to pour into others. So the idea of discipleship, um, that's just a rich concept, and you have a whole ministry <laughs> that, that, that talks about that. Yeah, so uh, I'm not going to try and uh, un- unpack all the layers of what discipleship is and, and can include, but I'll say for me personally, it's been a tremendous part of my life to be discipled from my youth right. uh, by different individuals, and I could, I could name them very specifically to you, uh, people who have come into my life to invest in me and to help and to walk with me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you saw Jesus doing with his pack of 12 plus beyond this, the 12 is they, they literally walked right. together. They didn't have cars back then. So, you yeah. know, they literally walked and did life together. And uh, so periodically in my youth and then early in my career, uh, there were some individuals who uh, helped disciple me in, in, the, in some leadership roles I was taking in ministry. And then with my work at Character First that I mentioned, there are people who poured into my life there. And then now at Kim Ray, 
And sometimes that's been a very one-on-one type of relationship, right. and other times it's been a group relationship. Um, in fact, our CEO leads a weekly discipleship time with the dozen or so exec- members of the executive team that's over awesome. lunch on Tuesdays. And it's a, it's a rich time of learning and sharpening and thinking and stretching and, and growing uh, spiritually mm-hmm. with each other in right. that, little, that little group. Uh, and that's kind of, so that's an example of a, of a group context. Sure. And I remember uh, being in a, in, a, in a discipleship group at, at a church a few years ago where our teacher said that one reason why he led it is because, you know, when you're teaching something or leading something, you end up learning more than anyone else in the room. Right. And so when I had an opportunity some years later to lead a, an adult uh, Sunday school class, uh, I, I looked at that as a discipleship opportunity where, yeah, I can help others but I had a chance to learn and grow, and it really gave me it's something I really look forward to because every, every Monday I started thinking about what we were going to talk about on Sunday, and it gave yeah. me something to chew on all week long before coming around to lead that um, conversation on Sunday morning, and that was, that was really rich. And then I guess the last thing that I'm, uh, I'm presently doing, I just started two years ago, I was... Uh, had this on my heart to find out a, a, a kind of a time and a place and a rhythm to disciple my two sons. Yeah. Uh, and so about two years ago, we, we found uh, one particular evening each week and kind of created some, some routine, some structure, because kids love routine and kind of what to expect. And, and while we're not, you know, we'll, we'll miss a few weeks here and there, we have been pretty consistent over the last two years of having that, that um, weekly discipleship, and that's what we call it. Yeah. So I want them to be really familiar and comfortable with that term as we just study God's Word. We use some, sometimes it's a video series, sometimes it's a book that we're going through together, sometimes it's a passage that we're going through together, and that's a, been a really rich time of uh, learning and growing together. That's amazing. I love that perspective. So the last thing we'll say, and then we'll, we'll sign off, uh, this has been a great conversation, but one other thing that you, you're really involved in, and I'd love for you just to touch base about uh, your involvement in this, is something we do once a month at Kim Ray, you're gracious enough to host it, is the Men's United. So the idea behind Men United, uh, you, and, you and Brent have been really involved in that, but tell us a little bit about Men United in case somebody listens to this and wants to come meet you in person and... and um, and what, what that's all about, second Saturday of every month. Absolutely. So if you're in the Oklahoma City area, on the second Saturday of each month, we gather 730 at Kimray, which is in the center of town, and uh, from CBMC you can get the address. But uh, we gather to have a little food there, and, and it's a time to, uh, we usually have a devotional, and then we have prayer together. And those are really the two main components. Yep. But over that and in, in, infused in that is relationship building. Right. And so it's getting to meet men from other corners of, of the community. We, we, there's so much diversity in our community, yeah. sometimes it's hard to have a gathering that reflects that kind of diversity. Right. And that's what Men United is. Yeah. It's a beautifully uh, diverse group that gets together, and uh, I say diverse, but very unified. Yes. Because we have the shared vision and purpose of following the Lord Jesus Christ and praying for one another and encouraging one another to love and good works. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's fairly informal and relaxed. So you can come once and, and that's it. Or you can come, you know, each Saturday that you're available on that second Saturday of the month. And it's a, it's a terrific uh, time. So uh, that is, uh, that's been a, a really good um, uh, way of building those relationships. And 
fathers are invited and encouraged to bring their sons, which Absolutely. I know Adrian and I both have done. <laughs> That's right. My sons really, really uh, enjoyed that too. And uh, it's great to see your sons. And I'll just, this is a topic for another podcast, but it's great to see your sons venture out and get to meet new people. And I asked if they wanted to sit at my table and they were off at three different tables. And so uh, it was great for them to step out in their own faith and pray with other men. And it was just, it was just great. Well, it was rich uh, <laughs> just a couple times ago that at our table, uh, there were two gentlemen uh, who, my sons were there, and, and he said, could I just pray a blessing over your sons? Mm-hmm. And there's... there's Who says no to that? Carvel yeah. prayed this beautiful blessing over my two sons, yeah. and I just was so, uh, as a father, uh, just so grateful for that. Yeah. There's something else I'd love to invite your listeners to. Absolutely. If I may, and you talked about Kim Ray and our culture, and one of the parts of our mission, or our, part of our vision, is that we can help share the things that we've learned and experienced at Kimray. You know, not everyone's been around for 72 years. Yeah. Not everyone's made all the mistakes that you make in 72 <laughs> years. And not everyone's had the, the blessings that we've had to learn and grow uh, and, and just over that time period. So something we did, it started a couple of years ago, is to launch a foundation that can help leaders of other organizations learn some of the things that we have found helpful to be true about Kimray and our culture that, that you've heard a, a little bit about so it's called the Kimmel Foundation for Recovering Leadership. Kimmel is with two M's and two L's. That's our founder, Garmin right. Kimmel. And uh, it's all about helping leaders transform uh, their leadership so that they can transform their cultures. And uh, we happen to, depending on when you're listening to this, on October 22nd of two, 2021, we're having a, a full one-day conference about leadership uh, in this way. Leadership that is grounded in the idea that everybody is equally and intrinsically valuable. Mm -hmm. And so as leaders, how do we respect and value everyone in the organization? And how does that impact our our, our view of ourselves, the view of the people around us, and the people deeper in our organization and how we serve them? And so um, that's October 22nd. If you go to thekimmelfdn.com, get the details um, if, if you're listening to this beforehand. And we'd love to see you there. It's going to be a great time. And we will include this in our show notes. So thank you for sharing. I would highly encourage you to check that out. Um, so with that, we'll, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Red Letter Business Podcast presented by CBMC Oklahoma. Each episode explores a story of an ordinary businessman who has had extraordinary impact on the lives of people they work with. Have you ever wondered how God wants to use you in his story? We'd love to be a part of your journey in figuring out how God wants to use you, whether that's through one of our C3 teams, Young Professional Program, our Trusted Advisors Forum, or a one-on-one discipleship relationship. Visit cbmcok.com to get connected. Hit subscribe and join us for our next episode. Have a great day.